You're listening to the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast with Jody Livingston, episode number 40. That's it. We're over the hill. Welcome to the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast, helping you survive and thrive in youth ministry. And now your host, Jody Livingston. Well, hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to the show today. Thanks for tuning in and listening. Wherever you are and wherever this finds you, thanks for making this podcast today a part of your day. If it's your first time listening and checking out the podcast, welcome. Thanks for coming on over and checking it out. And if it's not your first time and you're just listening again, well, thanks for coming on back. You can find me on the Twitter sphere at, at Jody Livingston. That's J O D Y. And of course, over on the Facebook with the longer haul. All of the links and resources that we mentioned today in this episode will be on the show notes page at thelongerhall.com slash episode 040. That's thelongerhall.com slash episode 040. Really important topic for us today. I'm excited to be able to tackle it. I'm excited about our guest today. Uh, We are constantly trying to minister to a variety of students a variety of student types, a variety of personalities within that. And often one group that specifically seems to get left out and overlooked, or we just quite don't know what to do with them, are the students in our group that we would consider introverts. And ironically, a lot of youth pastors are introverts. We just don't know how to do ministry any other way than than the way it's typically always been done, uh, which tends to cater a little more towards the extrovert. And so this episode is going to be really, really important, I think, for us to consider when we look at the whole of our ministry, what we're doing, how are we exactly approaching things, what do the students in our youth ministry that are introverts, what do they need from us that maybe other students may not. And so Tim Goff joins us on the show today from youthworkhacks.com and uh, man brings just a ton of wisdom to this topic. His, uh, his site there is phenomenal. He's got some really, really good stuff. He's doing some amazing stuff over in the UK. And so I'm excited to have him on the show today as we tackle such an important topic. I would say before we jump in here, if you are enjoying the podcast, if you're finding it helpful, man, share it with a friend who may not already know about it. Or uh, if you've got a few minutes, head over to iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play, wherever you're finding this and write and leave a review for the podcast. Aside from just being really encouraging to me, um, it is really helpful to help uh, other youth pastors and youth workers find the podcast and uh, and be able to to listen as well. So if you got a few minutes to do that, I would appreciate it very, very much. Other than that, with all that out of the way here, we'll jump into today's podcast episode and interview with Tim Goff from youthworkhacks.com. Well, hey, Tim, thanks for coming on the show today. Man, I'm excited to have you on uh, for sure. I, I think I feel like I say this every week, but I, I think the topic that we're going to talk about today is certainly an important one that we need to consider in youth ministry. It's definitely a topic that I don't necessarily hear discussed a lot, but is one that I think as youth pastors and youth workers, we're finding ourselves facing more and more, um, and that is kind of this idea of ministering to introverted students. And uh, we can get into you know kind of why why we see that, what's causing that, how that looks and stuff. Uh, but before you, before we jump into there, why don't you take just a second, kind of introduce yourself to those who are listening who may not be familiar with you and kind of your journey. How did you end up where you are to this point? Yeah, no, Jody, thanks very much for having me on. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, I'm in the UK. Yeah. I, am I right thinking I'm your first UK yeah. guy? Yeah. <laughs> And I'm, That's exciting stuff. I'm really, I'm really tempted to break into this really lame British uh, accent, but I, when I, when I, my British accent sounds a lot like Monty Python meets Mary Poppins. And, okay, uh, and it ends up with with a little bit of of Deep South twang. Deep South American, Deep South. Yeah, it's it's not good. <laughs> it, it's not good. It doesn't sound British. It doesn't really sound anything. 
it, it's it's just embarrassing. So well, I'll, you, told, I'll, you told me all about it now. You're not going to give me a little. Um, uh, maybe later. We'll see. Uh-huh. We'll see how well it goes. Well, I'll let you. I'll let you. Uh, I'll let you impart your wisdom, and then if you stick around, then maybe. But I don't want to run you off at the beginning with my my <laughs> terrible accent attempt. There's time yet. I'm one of those guys that starts mimicking whatever accent I hear. So who knows where this is going to go? Yeah, when I live I, in California, so when I ended up when I we go down to Central America with our students, my English gets worse and my Spanish. <laughs> uh, I, end up, I, end up, I end up with nothing. I just end up with really broken English and occasional Spanish words thrown in. So, nice. Yeah. Cool. So all that to divert. Sorry, that was <laughs> that was okay. me taking a rabbit trail there. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've been uh, a youth worker for just over ten years. Um, since I was a teenager myself, really, since I hit 18, I went straight into youth ministry. Um, I currently work for Youth for Christ. Uh, so I work for lots and lots of churches, um, and lots of schools, uh, developing ways of sharing the gospel with young people who have never heard it, never had any opportunity to respond to it. And so most of the work that I do and have done for the last five years is, uh, missional and it's connecting churches and schools together. Um, that's in North Wales. Before that, I was a youth worker in London, the, the, the capital, uh, in North and South London, uh, doing big city work and working with lots of schools. Um, and before that, I was in Blackpool, which for an American, um, if London is my left foot, Blackpool is my right shoulder. Okay. So yep. very Northern, very rural, bit different. Um, and that's when I was born and bred. And uh, that's where I met with Christ myself uh, in youth work, and here I am doing the same thing, which is exciting stuff. God's taken me on this journey. He's taken me full circle. Yeah. Isn't it crazy how that happens? You like, hmm. you know, I, I'm. we were talking a little before we started recording, like, man, I started at 18, which was crazy. Um, and here, man, all these years later, still. still it's crazy. great. I yeah. love how God does that because, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I had the privilege of speaking in the church I became a Christian in when I was 11 years old. That's cool. And that's around the corner from where I live now. So yeah. God's hilarious. That's awesome. And so you got this Youth Work Hacks website mm-hmm. that, yeah. that you're rolling there in the UK. Um, and, you know, one of the reasons that that I wanted to have you on the show is because you are working with so many different churches. You're seeing such a vast kind of... Uh, I guess audience, if you will, when you when you look at at work with youth, uh, not just there, but really on more of a global scale, even hmm. um, and, and beyond that. And uh, I feel like you know what you are able to bring to the table today is really really important for us to consider. Um, you know, I, I said it there in the introduction, but man, we're just running into more and more teens that are introverted and. What I'm afraid of, and you can tell me what this is like in the UK, but in the US often, I feel like a lot of our programming is aimed towards the extroverted student. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. And so the intro, what happens to the introverted student? Like, how does that play out, you know? Yeah, I mean, you've hit the nail on the head because it's not only youth work. Culture is driven towards the extrovert. Um, yeah. I mean, in, in youth work, we're very good at running extrovert driven projects and, uh, particularly events, you know, everyone jump up or I'll squirt you with this water pistol, <laughs> uh, <laughs> small groups, everyone go around and say things about yourself. Uh, everything we do is extrovert driven, but actually in culture itself, our school rooms are driven at either controlling the extrovert, put them in rows so they can't see each other or engaging and energizing the extrovert by having group discussions. And neither of those work for the introvert. But then the workplace as well, more open plan offices, more think tanks. We're doing a lot which engages the extrovert and drives towards them. And it's this subliminal constant message that an introvert is not as good as an extrovert. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, – so I, I talk a lot to a lot, to a lot of youth pastors, and, and it seems like as a, as a whole, like youth ministries, we, the ministry tends to take on the personality of the youth worker. Yeah. to an extent as well. Do you feel like you're seeing more and more youth workers that are introverted? I think so. And I think uh, whether that's a new thing or whether that's just the longevity thing, I think introvert youth workers 
uh, tend to be better geared for longevity than extroverted youth workers. I think you go to youth work conferences, you see lots of extroverts around you who tend to be very young, and you might not see them again next year. I mean, in Britain, the average time for a full-time youth worker in employment is 18 months. Yeah, uh, That's not a long time at all. And, um, and extroverts tend to still rule that area. And I think introvert youth leaders are very good at energizing their teams. They're very good at allowing people to run with ideas. They don't take ownership over people as much as an extrovert might do. They create safer boundaries. They do things which, which takes longevity into account, which is why a lot of veteran youth workers are introverts. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, man, that is so interesting because I, statistically, I hear the same statistics here, this 18-month thing, mm. but I can't really find where it comes from. Um, from what I can see, when I talk to youth pastors, it seems to be more like somewhere around two and a half, three years, Okay. Um, at least here, I think. And, I, and I, there's a number of reasons, and I've written about that and talked about that before. I don't, I don't want to chase that today, but, uh, but either way, I, I do think... Like I think about the people that I've had on the show um, to this point, uh, and some of them are are those people that you're seeing and hearing at a lot of these youth conferences. And I think the assumption is because they're on stage, they mm. are very extroverted. When in reality, almost all of them would tell you that that that's not the case. Yeah, that's not well, the case. Maybe that'd be helpful for us just to take a step back and and come up with a, a working definition of what an introvert and extrovert is. Yeah. Um, because we we have we associate introversion with shyness and extroversion with outgoing or socially able, um, and of course you can have some very shy extroverts and some very outgoing introverts. It's it's a false uh, it's a false de- definition. And so when I think about introverts, I tend to think of two sides of the same coin. Uh, one side is how are they energized? An extrovert is energized by social stimulus, by hanging out with people, and an introvert tends to be more drained by that. And so both of them might enjoy going to a party. The extrovert comes back energized and like they've we've received from it. And an introvert comes back like they've given out and need to find their own space. Uh, and yeah. maybe the other side of the coin is how they process information. I mean, an extrovert tends to process quite verbally. Um, you ask them a question, they start speaking and start working and showing their answers. And an introvert would stop for a minute, they would process, they would think about what they already know, how they're going to phrase it, how that might sound, what other ways they can make it sound, and then they give you an answer. And the processing is more internal and cognitive. And when you put the energy and the process together, you've got your introvert. Yeah, yeah, Uh, yeah. hmm. No, I think that's, I think, so for me, I mean, I'm definitely an introvert um, who can be an extrovert when I have to. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. uh, a recovering introvert is that I don't know, um, I, but but I think um, I think I'm seeing more and more of that, like you're saying in in the youth pastors and youth workers that are sticking around longer, and and I don't like I don't I don't want to I don't want the listeners to sit here and, and misunderstand. I we're not saying that an introvert is better than an extrovert, no, or no. an extrovert is better than an introvert. I think certainly there are youth pastors who have been in this thing a long time who are extroverted, but on either, just like an introvert, on either side, whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, you have to learn certain skills and master certain abilities in order to stay put and achieve yeah. any sense of longevity. And so for the extrovert, those skills are going to be different. They're going to have to learn to scale back at times, to bring other people to the table, to work and build with those teams. Mm-hmm. The introvert has to learn to get out of the back of the room to go and speak to people sometimes maybe um, and to be up front and own things at times where they may yeah. not naturally do that. And and both of these people are really important. And that's, and I, and I, ta- I do talk a lot about building teams. Um, and I think this is, you need people that are introverted and extroverted on your team. I mean, you just, you just got to have a diversity there to be able to reach the students who are, who are diverse um, in and through that. So that's that's yeah. helpful to start with the definition, though. It's about balance, like you say. I mean, you're absolutely right. Both extroverts and introverts make great youth leaders, and I know amazing teams made up of both. Um, youth ministry as a whole models, youth ministry models tend to lean towards extroversion. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, and so it's in terms of what skills need learning, um, It's we talk more about, I think, how extroverts 
Uh, I think it's more well established anyway how extroverts need to develop their personalities and characters more than we talk about introverts. Yeah. So I'm going to push the introvert button, but you're absolutely right. We need balance. It needs to be in harmony, and it works better when the community comes together with diversity. Yeah. So I'll say this, and you tell me if if I'm off base here. If you're listening to this right now and you're an extrovert, um, he, here's where I would. This is what I would say to you: like recognize that you have introverts on your team or around you that they bring a lot of value to the table um, and, and look for ways to, to use that to come alongside you. And at the same time, recognize that you have a lot of students that are introverts. And it's really important for you to understand that, that you're not going to necessarily reach them with how you naturally would normally do that. Yeah. And, and, and the opposite is true. And the opposite is true as well. But for those who, cause there are going to be some extroverts that are like, I'm done. Click. I'm, you know, I'm not an introvert. I'm listening. But th- what we're going to talk, what we're talking about, is so important. Yeah, I think the extrovert finds it harder generally to build a team around themselves um, because an extrovert often, not always, but often holds their own ideas more tightly um, rather than an introvert who's quite happy to let people um, run with more responsibility. Gen- generally speaking, um, but at the same time, what's needed for an extrovert youth leader to develop in their youth projects is different to what they need to develop with their team. And so simple things like just not using the word everybody. Yeah. Everybody get up and jump. Everybody come around and say something about yourself. Everybody, that, that little word can can scream fear into the heart of the introverted young person yeah. and the way for the floor to swallow them. Um, it's looking for safe opt-out spaces that still allows people to engage and not just drop off the face of the planet. Yeah, that's really good. That's really good. So let's talk about here some maybe some specific ways that we can minister to, reach, engage, and kind of create these environments for students who are introverts that, you know, that are effective. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, one of the, I'll tell you an example. Um, when I was in London, we ran, and we were thinking about how to do mission to our our local young people in the schools, we run various things, um, a couple of sports nights, things that really engaged classical extroverts. And we this really hit us. Actually, most people were coming were extroverts. Um, and introverts would come for a, a little while, they'd huddle in a corner and then they'd go home because we did nothing to welcome them specifically or set up spaces for them. And so we set up a project called Tea Cozy. And um, being quintessentially British, it was all around tea. Yeah. Fantastic. And so all varieties of tea. You came to a tea bar, you dropped in for 10 minutes or you stayed for two hours. There were people around to chat with you. There was little cozy sofas and it was all very drop-in styled. But rather than being a drop-in youth club, it was a drop-in tea room, Hmm. um, which is very quaint. um, But it really struck a chord with young people who would come, bring a book, sit in the corner for half an hour and read. We'd have a good conversation with them at the door, build relationship. And once the relationship was established, the safe zone was created that we could bring them into our major projects. Uh, And it worked really well. It was great fun. Um, Yeah. yeah. Coffee is probably the U.S. equivalent to British tea. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure. Um, I th- yeah, I think, I mean, I, I think it's so important to create those safe spaces and, and you can't just say this is a safe place like that, that, no. that, that, that doesn't work, you know? No. And so, um, it's, it's in the small things often like value, li- really listening. Mm-hmm. Um, don't be looking over or past the introvert to see who else is in the room. Yeah. Um, and, and, and don't force the conversation to go longer than maybe it needs to either. So there's a balance, yeah. I think, in that uh, as well. Yeah. And with a conversation, it's quite difficult because I think one of the reasons as youth leaders, we tend to subliminally prefer the extrovert is they provide us more feedback when they talk, there's more immediate facial expression often, there's more minars and there's more conversation jumping in and um, we get more feedback as to what's going on. With an introvert, sometimes it's very easy to, because as they're processing internally, it's very easy for their facial expression to be unreadable, for them not to give you, you know, on the ground, in the moment feedback. And it's so easy to think, are they angry at me? Are they bored? Um, when they could be loving it. 
That's really good. So you have, what about, I mean, maybe, can we throw out here maybe like two or three like principles when it comes to ministering to introverts? Just kind yeah. of more generic that, you know, that would apply to the volunteer, to the part-time guy, to the full-time guy, varying sizes. Um, yeah. Well, let's start with the one that you said, um, particularly showing value, mm-hmm. uh, looking for ways, particularly through active listening. Um, so listening that repeats back to them what they said, that you're looking to bring out more of what their, of what their conversation is about rather than what you could bring to it. Um, and really just valuing what they said and who they are as people when they make a contribution, um, speaking it back to them, speaking it to the group, showing you've understood it, just telling them that they're valuable because that's something they'll, that they'll process and will be part of their historic experience with you. Yeah. And so when they come back, that value is now part of your relationship with them. And that's participation. It shows they're making a contribution to the group and the introverts really value that. So that's the first thing really is value uh, particularly the active listening side of it yeah and i think that is uh man that's so good because so many students today that i see just don't don't really have any sense of value Mm -hmm. um you know it's easier to talk to a student than with a student um and i I think that happens a lot especially the introvert right you're right who's not giving you a lot back that that's not Mm -hmm. really saying much they're just kind of staring uh, back at you. And and while they may be processing, it's so easy to be like, okay, well, this, this, <laughs> this, 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 this kid doesn't care anything about what I have to say right now. So, yeah. you know, I think that's really good. I, I Building value as a whole in students, I think is something that we often miss, you know, we just don't, we don't value that, that aspect, mm-hmm. right? Telling students that you're proud of them. Um, we're really good about telling students when they mess up, <laughs> but we don't really, yeah. we don't often really in the small things. And it, I don't mean like a big come up on stage. Here's a big presentation or celebration thing. There's times for that too. But I mean, just in, in the small conversations of man, you know, I, I, I saw what you did there. Nobody else probably saw that, mm. but I appreciate that so much. Yeah. And you know, that off the back of that, Mark Iaconelli, in a contemplative youth ministry, an amazing book. Um, one of his opening ideas is we're, we're not very good at being with people. We're not very good at being with God, let alone being with a young person or being with ourselves. And actually being present to someone is more than just talking at them and with them. It's actually sharing a, a, a something more spiritual with them in the space that they're in is actually being present to them in that moment about wandering off somewhere else and, being present to them demonstrates what it's like to be present to God. Uh, uh, all that creates more than just value. It creates some a spiritual experience that they can go away and use in their own discipleship. Yeah, that's good. I think for the introverted student, just the fact that you take the time to sit and listen to whatever they, whatever little they may say, right? Yeah. But at least to, to speak to them and invest in them, it goes yeah. a long way in creating value as it's, Absolutely. as it's done consistently, right? Yeah. As it's done consistently. So it, it, where the extroverted student might blow off something like that and not even give it two thoughts for the introverted student, the fact that you stopped yeah, um, and noticed them, it, yeah. it goes, goes a long way. Okay. So creating, showing value. That's good. Yeah. Um, I think another one, and this sometimes needs adjusting, our models, because I think our models, they do gear toward the extrovert a little bit, um, is just making sure we are creating opt-out clauses and opt-out spaces in what we do. And I don't mean an easy way to disattach, your, you know, disattach that's a great word, detach yourself from, <laughs> uh, from the youth work that's happening, but a safe way for young people to not be part of something that is actually going to create a fight or flight response in them. Um, so when we are doing a game that's upfront, making sure that it is a volunteer game, not, okay, you and you, get up here, I'm going to spray you with shaving foam. Yeah, right. um, or when it's a group game, it's a game which is easy to hop in and out of. Um, we play a lot of nine square and four square with, with, with teenagers. It's a great way you could jump in and jump out, conversations happen around, and you, the attention's never on you. Yeah. Um, same when you're doing like um, icebreakers or you go around and say something about yourself, making sure it's easy enough just to say, 
I'm Tim. Thanks very much. Hand over to someone <laughs> right, else right. without having to explain what my 14 favorite types of spatula are. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's my second one, really, I think, will be to make sure that we're creating spaces, intentional spaces, where an extrovert can say, an introvert can say, no, not me this time. Yeah. And being, and, and being okay that they say that multiple times. Yeah, because otherwise their big fear um, Joe, just before we, we talked here, I had my wife in here with me and a friend, both of whom are, are chronic introverts. <laughs> and my wife bless her, scored, uh, once scored 100% on the Myers-Briggs introversion scale. Wow. Um, yeah. Uh, and um, she, she's in California, so she gets away with it here. Um, <laughs> but, um, but they were saying to me that their big thing when we ask them to do things is, let, is a fear of letting people down. That if I don't participate... I'll let my team down. If I don't say something, I'll let the leader down. I'll let the, the ethic of the group down. I'll let the space down. And I'd rather not get involved because I can't operate at the level that I'm not going to be judged for. Yeah. And good. so it, it's making sure that those spaces are not just, oh, you don't have to if you don't want to, but are actually intentional. You know, you're not going to be letting us down if you're not part of this. Yeah, there's a, there's, a, there's a couple things I think of when I when we do group games up front, um, I always choose the students ahead of time. Yeah. So so it's not a random like who wants to come play, um, and and that gives me an opportunity sometimes to because I will approach some students that I know are introverted even though I know they're going to say no, mm. uh, and just tell them like this is totally your deal, but if you'd like the opportunity, you can have it, you know. Because at the other side of that is I don't want them to sit here and think, man, he never asks me because he knows, you know, he knows I'll, yeah, yeah. I'll screw it up or I'll freak out. And and so I think choosing little things like that, choosing ahead of time, because even in that moment, like, okay, we're going to pick somebody to come up, you know, and you're scanning the, the room. Oh, my gosh, you're giving every introvert in the room an anxiety attack. Yeah. Um, and so just little things, being able to, to kind of have those folks already set and in place. Mm. I think is helpful. The other thing I think that you're that you said was really good is um, giving them that opportunity to opt out and and letting them know that it's okay until they're ready. Mm-hmm. You know that mm-hmm. is that and and I have a girl in our student ministry that is a great example of this. Uh, sweetest girl. She's um, you know young high school for us tenth grade and a fabulous musician fabulous musician and we needed somebody in the praise team right and and so i just kind of started talking to her saying hey listen this is something i want you to think about you know and and i'm not pushing you you're not you know it's up to you but i do believe like you do great at this yeah and and, uh for a while it was no you know i mean for i mean when i say a while i mean like a year and a half of no um and I, it wasn't like every week I was like, you know, coming back. It was just every now and then touching base. Hey, you know, how are you thinking? You feeling, thinking stuff. And she'll do stuff and put it on YouTube all day long. But doing it in front of the group where they're looking at her and she's looking at them is just overwhelming. Yeah. And so ab- about halfway through the school year last year, she says, she says, okay, I think I, I think I would, I could come up and play on stage. And I said, okay, that's fine. You know, that's fine. And and we, we had somebody else there, you know, that would kind of play. So she was really kind of playing behind them. And, um, and so she got up with well, the first night, major panic attack, right. And just couldn't stay. Mm-hmm. And then felt like, oh my gosh, I've abandoned you. And I've, I've, you know, mm-hmm. and so there, there again was more of that affirming, like, no, it's okay. Like it is not the end of the world. You know, Whenever, if this happens, this happens. You know, this is your your thing, and so she's she she kept going, and, and so now she's been playing for quite some time, and she, and yeah. she doesn't sing yet. There's a microphone in front of her, yeah. and any any given week that she decides that she might decide that this is the week she's going to sing, it's there for. Right, and and we we when we keep encouraging that, but here's a girl who really in, and, and this is nothing on us, like on me or anything, but who would have been overlooked to even be in that position because she's so introverted. Sure, like, sure. Like, like she, she talks to the same few kids every time she comes in. Um, she's not going to be your upfront crazy leader, but brings so much value to the table in so many ways 
that just that, that continual reaffirming of her, letting it be kind of on her time scale, but not letting her ignore it, you know, yeah. uh, has been huge for her. And man, she's, she kills it. She's awesome at it. It's, it's great. So. It's a great, it's a great story. I mean, I love how you gave it the time and space. I will never ask an introvert for an immediate answer. Oh no. Go away and think about it. Come back to me. But at the same time, I don't give it an open. I say, you know, this time next week, I'm going to ask you again. Yeah. Um, but no, it's, it's smart. Well, I just, so I just wrote a, a post uh, about this recently on the, on the, the blog at the longer hall. Um, and I remember when I was, man, I was, I'd probably been in youth ministry for about two years, two and a half years. And I sat down with the youth pastor that my wife had had. This guy had been doing youth ministry for a long time and was, re- I mean, just a amazing youth pastor, super effective. And I remember sitting down with him at a restaurant and saying, okay, I want you to impart some great wisdom on me. Like, what's the lesson that you wish you had learned sooner? And he said, uh, don't be the Holy Spirit for your kids. And uh, he said, that is way harder than it sounds. Yeah. And and so I just remember thinking, that is the dumbest answer. <laughs> you know, like, that's not what I want. I want some, like, practical, like, give me something I can, you know. But, man, I'm telling you what, that is so hard to do, but it yeah. is so important. And even in this, so so typically, right, that, that whole concept of not being the Holy Spirit kind of plays out as in, like, I'm not going to tell you what you should and shouldn't be doing for the Lord. You know, that's kind of the the boundary there. Like, I'm going to instruct you from from the Word, man. I'm going to encourage you with with the principles and, and what, what God tells us to do. But as far as, like, you being obedient to me or you being obedient to the Lord, like, there's a line there, right? But in this regard, even, I think it plays true in the sense of, like, we're not pushing students to do things where, you know, maybe they're not quite ready or God hasn't yet quite put them in the place where they're ready yeah. Um, to do that. And, and here's, you know, here's the thing, man, like there are students and, and, and this girl is would probably one of them, to be honest, there are students who are introverted that would do things just because we tell them to, or ask them to, because of what you're saying, they don't want to let us down. Yeah. But yeah. at the end of the day, I don't want students to be obedient to me in, in regard to that. I want them to be obedient to the Lord. And that is a, uh, that is a different, different dynamic for sure in and through that so it's great okay so show value and then kind of giving opportunities for them to opt out but but encouraging them along the way to opt in yeah yeah Um, what else do you think um just off the back of that last one it's also important to have opt-out spaces it's very easy to create a very noisy room, even if nothing's playing. You know, the, the, the physical layout of a, of, a, of a youth room can be every zone is an activity zone. Um, you know, you're around the pool table, around the foosball table, or at the, the worship center, or whatever it is. Everything's activity driven. Actually, having a space which is a pile of cushions and maybe a screen with some books and some pens and paper. Is an opt-out space as well as opt-out times as an opt-out space where you can just be on your own and it's not weird. It's yeah. not for teenagers to go and hang out and smoke and throw pillars at each other. It is a, a definite space to be on your own and it's not weird if you're on your own there. Yeah. Um, so I just wanted to add that into the last one before I went on to the next one as well. No, that's good. That's that's really yeah. good. Um, I think the next one I'd add in though is is. I could, I'm trying to find a less long-winded way of saying this, but it's uh, cultivating a culture of conversation. Um, I love talking one-on-one with introverts. Um, they've got incredible minds. and Not that extroverts don't, but because they process and because it's well-documented that introverts do get higher grades, uh, and maybe that's schooling system and things as well, and there's some great introverted leaders out there uh, creating amazing creative products. Um, there's so much creativity in the mind of an introvert. Um, but often the only room we leave for conversation in youth projects is in downtime. It's not intentional conversation. And so one of the things we do at one of my groups, which is called Redefine, is we all our elements, our talks, our messages, um, even the worship time is is give and take. There's conversation involved in it even to the point of we put guitar chords on the screen and you can bring your own instrument and play with a band in the congregation if you want to. Uh, 
Hmm. We have Q&A. We have you can interrupt the leader at any time. But we make sure everything we do all the time is allowed to be two-way. Even if I'm up here teaching, facilitating, I'm not suggesting that what you've got to say is as authoritative or as thought through as what I've got to say up here because I've planned all this. But just knowing that it's okay to opt in and opt out of that conversational space means it's less of an us and them dynamic. It's less of a those guys on stage feeling. Creating that as a culture around all the projects that you do actually allows the introvert a lot more safety. Um, yeah, do you think... Okay, so just in thinking through even some of the things that, that we're saying, do you think that extroverts adapt better to like an environment f- created for an introvert than an introvert towards an extrovert? Or do you think there's just, there's a necessary, it maybe neither really adapts, but elements are needed for both. Does that make sense? Yeah. I was having that same conversation with the two girls that were here before, because I don't know. Um, I feel like what we've got at the moment is an extrovert driven ministry and we're trying to adapt it to be open to introverts. Um, I think introvert spaces, introvert times gives room for the extrovert. But often when you give an, in, an, ext, an extrovert space, their temptation is to fill it. Yeah. And so that becomes a difficulty. So we are looking for a sense of balance. So when you start talking about cultivating cultures rather than um, trying to fit something into a pre-established model, we are talking about a new way of approaching ministry generally we are saying what elements need to come to the table and you know 1 corinthians 12 really supports that because the passion is university universe sorry hang on um unity and diversity just stick those words together um you know it's a body of many parts that works well together and i think that's the hope that even though we are very different there is ways that we can connect together as long as we are genuinely connecting as people which will celebrate the difference and will still bring us together. I don't know what the answer to that is. I think some of this is still very untested. Uh, and what I've discovered in running a lot of my groups is because we're very open to introverts in how we run things, we have a lot more introverts showing up than extroverts. And the extroverts, um, which now are the minority in my group, which is surprising, um, fill in the space in scary ways that we haven't managed to find a balance to yet. And it looks to the group like we're always telling the extroverts off. Mm, and yeah. so I've not caught the solution. I think really me, like the rest of us are really experimenting with this at the moment because we're so well established that models are geared towards extroverts. Yeah. Uh, that bringing these elements in is hopefully going to create some balance, but it's still quite unsettled if I'm honest. So I wonder if it's not that there is a greater need for spoken value to both, a very open spoken value to both within the context of the larger group, right? So that it's not necessarily that we are focusing on one over the other, but that we are affirming each to the whole. Yeah, no, that's a helpful way of putting it. Because I think even if we try to think, what did I do today for the extrovert? What did I do for the introvert? It probably won't be balanced because subliminally, I think we do a lot of stuff for extroverts anyway, even if we haven't named it as that. And so we're talking about poking these introvert things in there and hopefully we'll find some harmony between the two. Um, But that will be contextual to the group that we're in. I think, too, you're always going to kind of default back to your own personality sure. to a large extent. You, and that's just where we are comfortable. And so that's where having a team of folks in place around you can be really yeah. helpful. Yeah. Um, and, and that's where it gets really tricky and messy. Like, honestly, and, and maybe this is really superficial for me as an introvert, it's just easier to run a ministry for extroverts. <laughs> yeah you know? it's what we know it's what it's just, we've geared for it's what the resources are geared to everything that you find and see or purchase or read almost is is really geared and catered for the extrovert yeah um and and so yeah i mean it to to be able to effectively minister to both takes some intentionality it doesn't just happen yeah it doesn't just happen um i i've noticed in fact uh, one of one of my staff told me a few weeks ago in, in passing, and I, I didn't even, when he said it, uh, it registered with me, but I didn't really make anything of it at the time, I, I, but I did kind of 
process it afterwards. Um, mm. We were talking about our student ministry and um, the fact that we have a really close group and they, they do invite friends, but only at certain times and certain things and, and not really the things that we would think they would. Um, and he kind of made the comment almost in passing, like, we just are going to have to figure out how to reach extroverts more and not have a ministry filled with introverts. Hmm. And uh, I didn't think much of it. You know, I was just like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. But I started, I've really started, I've really thought a lot about that and processing that some. And when I, when I look, I mean, we, we were talking here, man, I'm, we're sitting here doing this interview. We had a, a lock-in last night and uh, I'm two and a half hours of sleep. So, I, but I'm making sense. So that's good. I think at least. Yeah. But even last night, you know, a lot of the activities that we did were geared towards extroverts, mm-hmm. and uh, we're we one of the we, it was more of a lockout. So we went to the first place we went was just like go karts and putt butt and arcade games. And man, ten years ago, I couldn't have gotten the kids off to go karts. Last night, it was it was just the arcade. They're just hanging out, you know. They just in 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 small groups just kind of two or three at a thing. And uh, I don't think that's bad. I just think it's different. And so there's a danger in almost going too far. Too many extroverts really kind of excludes and overwhelms and overshadows the introvert, but too many introverts does the same on the other side. Yeah. And that is a hard, hard balance. Yeah. Which is why that last one about cultivating a culture of conversation is really important because it's less about, you at the front establishing the vibe and more about releasing the people you have to create the culture themselves. And I think if you get young people to create a culture from within rather than you imposing it from on top, uh, the balance is achieved a lot more clearly. I think in youth projects, we think our job is to create everything. Yeah. And really our job is to model Christ. And we do that by teaching and by listening and we do that by engaging with them as a discipler. But that doesn't necessarily mean that we have to decide how every single element's going to go together in exactly what way. And if we give over that intentionality and that freedom to young people in a culture, so it's constantly going on, it's constantly in the background, the young people themselves start deciding, how is it going to feel? Mm. And yes, you still get to teach me, but I'm going to decide what world we're going to live in here, what it's going to look like in this area. Yeah, that's good. I've noticed too, over the last probably five, 10 years, um, that environment is is mattering more and more mm. um, here, at least in the U.S. I don't I don't know how that plays out there, but man, when I started 15, 16, 17 years ago, it, you you didn't matter what we were doing, where we were, but now it seems like environment really seems to play more of a a role, and it's not necessarily location; it's more of like even like we're talking about here, just the feeling of kind of safety and comfort. Um, and openness yeah. in that. And, uh, you know, I, I, as you're talking about this, this conversational thing and, and, and programming everything, I, I'm thinking one of the things we talk a lot about with our students is, or with our students and with our adults, our leaders, is that what we're really setting out to do is posture the heart of a student towards the Lord. And that is going to look different for every student. Yeah. Every student. How do you posture yeah. the heart of an introvert towards the Lord mm. um, in, in in a way that they walk deeply and intimately with the Lord and are bold with the gospel? Yeah. And how do you how do you posture the heart of an extrovert to not just be bold, mm. but to walk deeply and intimately with the Lord? Yeah. Um, and that man, that that's a that's a that's a tough tough balance. Yeah. And of course, it matters a lot with the motion of the heart rather than the, the disposition of the body, Correct. which is often what we look at. So if that person's got their hand in the air, you know, they, they must be engaging with God. And that person sat on the floor on their phone, it must be that they're not. Yeah. And of course, the disposition of the heart could be the exact, the exact opposite. Yeah. Um, and some of that is just, again, not being the Holy Spirit. We provide, we allow them to create the culture, and we trust that God is doing something in the lives of our students, knowing that we're speaking God into a journey that's already happening and will be happening long after they've left our ministry. Yeah, that's so good. Any any last any last thoughts here? As we kind of wind down. Um, 
I just think on the whole introvert extrovert thing, a lot of it is just be aware and have fun. Yeah, that's good. I think if we're being aware, we'll think about it more. Um, we'll get more students to speak back to us and we'll just be more alert and having funds that, you know, you don't want to be so theoretical about all this stuff that we lose the joy of ministering to students. And that's what creates the culture. So, you know, be aware, but have fun. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That's a good last point there. Um, how about take, take just a second, man, let's, let's talk about youth work hacks. Hmm. Uh, kind of describe what that is and what the audience would find as they peruse over there. Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, youth work hacks, I've been blogging for a long time. I've been blogging since I was at seminary years ago and, and, um, I've always found it a really helpful way of collaborating with people who are not in my situation. And as you know, youth work can be incredibly isolating um and so the blogging i've always done is just try to engage with people that i'm not connected with geographically and so that's what youth work hacks is trying to do uh, whether it remains youth work hacks or will evolve again into something else as it's done a couple of times i don't know uh, i write for lifehacks.org as well and so the idea of a hack of course is making something work so that important things can happen properly um but it has you know it's, it's not necessarily registering with everyone that's reading it so it might evolve into something else but youth work hacks is there to resource youth leaders with thoughts and commentary and ideas that maybe the rest of the youth work world isn't talking about as much um so there's a lot of weird things on there i mean i've got epistemology and phenomenology i've got a lot of philosophers that you know sort of poke at it um looking at the more introvert driven stuff looking at challenging classical youth work a lot of that's on there uh, a lot of great authors um, who have written for me. I'm really blessed by the people who have written for it. Um, and it's it's trying to be a collaboration. Um, it will start releasing resources sometime soon, um, particularly Bible studies and Bible studies that work conversationally, like we were talking about. Yeah. Um, and it offers training as well, but training, of course, on mainland UK. Um, so I do a lot of, you know, wandering around leading training for various groups in the UK. Yeah, and I, man, it's 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 good stuff. Like it's 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 solid stuff and needed. Cool. I think a lot of those conversations are so needed, and there's just a tendency. There's such a tendency with youth ministry to just water everything down. And maybe that's not even the word I'm looking for. But I mean, on one on one hand, it's youth ministry, right? It's it's not rocket science. It's it's fairly simply stated. And and but on the mm-hmm. other hand, it it is a, a monster all its own. And and so I think we have to be careful that we don't simplify to such an extent that we lose depth, yeah. But that we don't overcomplicate such an extent that we lose effectiveness. And I mean, I, I think youth work hacks. A lot of the stuff on there is primed for that. Like it's so helpful, great. Um, in in regards to that, so definitely I would encourage folks to to check it out. Is there a resource you'd throw out to listeners? Um, yeah, I mean, of course, do check out youthworkhacks.com. But um, I also work for Youth for Christ. Um, of course, Youth for Christ are in the States as well. Um, we're passionate about mission, um, sharing the gospel with people who haven't heard it. Uh, the statement is to take the good news relevantly to every young person. Um, great for unchurched. And they've recently released, I mean, it's based in the UK, but you can access it from abroad, but recently released a entirely online set of resources uh, which is at yfcresources.co.uk, yfc, as in Youth for Christ, resources.co.uk, uh, well worth getting an account on there and uh, having a play because it's all uh, modular. You pick the bits that you want and you stick them together and you design your own um, session. So very, very helpful stuff and some great content on there by some quality youth workers. So I'd highly recommend them. Yeah, I'll stick a link to that in the show notes as well as Youth Work Hacks. Tim, if folks want to connect with you or find you outside of this, what's the best way for them to do that? Yes, yeah, certainly. They can contact me through the website or I'm on Twitter uh, at Tim Goff UK. And that's G-O-U-G-H. UK, that's right. Correct? Tim, G-O-U-G-H UK. Um, and you'll find me that way or through youthworkhacks.com. And youthworkhacks is also on Facebook, which is just Facebook slash youthworkhacks. The Facebook. Excellent. Well, cool, man. Well, thanks for coming on today. And uh, man, just a really important conversation, I think. And I appreciate you uh, driving all the way here to my house from the UK. <laughs> that was swimming across the Atlantic. swimming across the Atlantic on the Great Skype Channel. Um, but uh, man, I do appreciate you taking the time to come on, and 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 certainly for all you're doing to help equip and encourage youth pastors. And 
I mean, I, I do hope that, you know, if you're listening, that you'll you'll check out Youth Work Hacks. I, I, Tim's a great guy. I got a lot of stuff going on there. And uh, and definitely check out some of these resources. And just hit him up on Twitter. Ask him the hard questions. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, That's right. Cool. Well, thanks, Tim. We'll catch you later, man. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Well, there you have it. Just a, a great interview with Tim. Super important topic, again, I think, for us to consider because we are all ministering, certainly, to a variety of students, and many of them are introverted, and I'm not sure that all of our programming necessarily takes in uh, that into account. So super great wisdom there from Tim. I really do hope you'll head over to youthworkhacks.com and check out all the things that Tim has going on, aside from just a wealth of, of knowledge here that he shared today, just a ton of topics there that you'll find on uh, the website there at YouthWork Hacks. So definitely something you want to check out. Also, just a reminder, all of the links that we have mentioned here and talked about in this episode will be on the show notes page over at thelongerhall.com slash episode 040. That's thelongerhall.com slash episode 040. I'd also just encourage you to go check out the resource page on thelongerhall.com while you're there. Uh, just some of the, the best resources that I find myself recommending and using over and over and over to do all kinds of things. Uh, but I, I, I often get asked for different things. And so the resource page is there for you just to be able to check out and find all of that stuff. And if you're not on the mailing list, jump on the email list for thelongerhall.com so you will find out all of the goodies that are coming. A lot of stuff goes to the email list that doesn't necessarily come out on the blog or through the podcast. So kind of a special little group there. Then a few thousand youth workers there you join on that. And of course, if you have some time, uh, if you can head over and uh, just make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you get the episodes as they come out and write and leave a review for it. I'd appreciate that so, so much. And that'll do it for us today here again with this episode. And uh, we'll see you in the next one. And until then, give them Jesus. Thanks for listening to the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast at www.thelongerhall.com.